Welcome to FMC Radio, your officially unofficial source for all things Free Methodist. From in-depth discussions with key FMC leaders to daily updates during events like General Conference, we want to keep a consistent stream of information flowing to you regarding where God is leading the Free Methodist Church. I'm your host, Josh Avery. We want to invite you to sit back, relax, and join us on this journey as we learn what it means to be Free Methodist in this episode of the FMC Radio Show. Hey everybody, it is Monday, October 2nd, 2017 with episode 28 this morning and uh, just wanted to mention a few things to you and and, uh, we have a few exciting things to talk about, a few celebrations, um, a few uh, noteworthy, noteworthy, newsworthy things to talk about this morning. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it would be um, wrong of us not to mention and not to pause and take a moment to discuss and talk about a subject that many of you um, woke up this morning to hear about and to talk about and to uh, you maybe turn on the news or the radio um, or just went on Facebook and saw some things. Um, I am, of course, talking about the shooting in Las Vegas. It's now been called the deadliest shooting in United States history. And, uh, you know, you can hear anywhere <clears throat> on any news station, um, online, you know, uh, on the radio, you can hear all the details. And, and our point here to this morning on this podcast is not to rehash, you know, what happened, um, but it's to just consider for a moment our response to it. Um, and so it's easy in moments like this, of course, to lose hope, um, to, you know, get so depressed and, and upset about the horrible situation that happened. I mean, that's, you know, 50 people dead and, and 200 injured, I believe it was, uh, so far confirmed. Um, so it's easy for us to be overwhelmed by these things and just to say, you know, oh, well, the world is just, you know, too far gone or there's all sorts of things that people say in these types of moments. But I think our response um, can be found in Isaiah 2. And in Isaiah 2, um, verses 2 through uh, 4, there is a prophecy that Isaiah had. And I want to read that for you today because this says it's going to be in the last days. And this is what we should look forward to and the hope that we can put our place in. So it says, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established at the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. And they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. So here we see this ultimate hope, right, of, you know, even even in um, wars that maybe you had a, a friend or a family member who went and into the military and they went to the war um, and, and were killed, um, even in that, you know, of, of the sadness of those moments, um, even when they were, you know, serving the country, um, when somebody dies, we, we, it can be easy for us to get swept away um, in in that moment to the point where we may give up hope. 
But when we read this Isaiah passage, <clears throat> what I want us to see and what I want us to think about is a time that is coming that Isaiah said that is in the last days that people will have no need for weapons anymore. You know, there's there's no nations rising up against, against nations. There's no more wars being trained for because God has established his peace. And so people even take their weapons. And here, of course, in this time, in Isaiah's time, it was swords. They were beating into plowshares so they can, you know, make gardens, essentially. Um, but, you know, we think of this horrible thing and, and the shooting that happened in Las Vegas. And we think of the, uh, you know, the the weapon that was used, the gun that was used. And we 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 can take that and, and think of a gun being used um, for turned into some sort of farming tool. You know, that kind of image that, that is given to us, a, a violent tool turned into a peaceful tool. And so I just want us to um, reflect on, you know, um, yes, yes, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to, um, you know, have that moment of, of sadness and, and to, you know, think of, of ways and to have these discussions of how can we stop these things from happening again. Of course, yes, that's important. All that stuff is great. But what I want to encourage us to do is to not lose hope and to continue to put our faith and our trust in Christ, um, even in the midst of these kinds of tragedies. So I hope that we can all take a moment this morning um, to do that, to take a moment and pause and uh, consider that hope that we do have in Christ. We're going to take a quick uh, pause here, a quick break, and when we come back, we will have some breaking news segments. I'm thinking about all the things I heard about today, all this week and tomorrow, and how these hands could create some better things for better rain. But you see, but now I got my own things. Area Bishop David Roller and his wife Yvonne Roller are going to be headed down to Puerto Rico. Um, they had gotten some tickets uh, before the hurricane hit to go down to Puerto Rico. They kind of had an idea of what was coming, that there was going to be, um, you know, some help needed down there, both emotional, physical, you know, spiritual, um, all sorts of different ways that help was going to be needed. And so they bought their tickets, but then, of course, um, the tickets were, were, the flights were canceled because of the hurricane. So now, this week, uh, they are flying out here. Uh, it could be today or tomorrow. I'm not sure the exact day, but they're flying out this week and um, heading down to Puerto Rico to help in several different ways. And Bishop Roller has put out a video on Puerto Rico. I will put the full um uh, video link to the video in the show notes, but I want to take a moment here, pause, and um, put an excerpt of Bishop Roller's words here so you can hear how you personally can help. Um, of course, pray for Bishop Roller. Of course, pray for the people. 
um, but how specifically in some other ways um, and what specifically to be praying for. So here's Bishop Roller. I know it will involve some work teams as we go down the road. Obviously not now. Right now a work team would just be a, a burden to them. Um, but as we, as we move down the road, there will be a, a real opportunity for work teams. So I think some of you should be thinking about that. Maybe even want to register your name and interest right now at Free Methodist World Missions there with the visa department. Of course, it's always appropriate to give money. Uh, you can do that through the Bishop's Crisis Response Fund. You can find that uh, online at fmcusa.org. 100% uh, of that money goes right to the need. Just put a note on it that says Puerto Rico so we're sure where you want that to go. Uh, Yvonne and I were scheduled to be in Puerto Rico uh, yesterday and the day before. Uh, I mean, as soon as we saw this hurricane coming, we realized uh, some of what this was going to mean. So we bought tickets even before the hurricane hit to be able to get down there right afterward. But unfortunately, with the chaos at the airport and uh, inability of planes to get in and out, it, uh, our flights were canceled. So now, therefore, this week. So looking forward to being down there in just a few days. Ask for your prayers, uh, not for us so much, as for those who are living still with the water and the effects of the water. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't mean drinking water, but you know, the flooding. Um, more rains are expected in the next few days. Um, just imagine the mosquitoes, the, the heat, you know, there are no fans, there are no creature comforts, difficult to cook if you can cook at all. Just all of this kind of stuff accumulates. And these are churches. I mean, our churches are heavily involved in their communities. These are activist community, uh, churches. These are churches that are involved in ministry to, the, uh, to what we might call the, uh, those most needy in society, even under... Uh, the best of times and now under these times more than ever they need us to stand with them. In some other breaking free Methodist news if you were in New Brighton yesterday you may already know this but the New Brighton Free Methodist Church celebrated 125 years of its church location yesterday. They had a time capsule that they opened there. Um, and you may remember the pastor if you remember back way back to episode 13 uh, Josh Mackenstein spoke to us about the quizzing ministry, um, and he specifically is involved in the Pittsburgh Conference, but he is also the pastor of this church, this New Brighton church, and uh, so it was pretty amazing. They had a lot of festivities going on. They had a time capsule that they opened. Um, they were um, able to uh, have Bishop Roller and his wife come by. Bishop Roller gave the sermon that day, and uh, they had a cake, of course, all this types of stuff, but they were celebrating 125 years, and wow, that is a that is a long time to be in ministry. Uh, you know, that's a that's a a big, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a big milestone. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, that's, that's a huge milestone for a church. I mean, 125 years. It was such a big milestone that the Senate of Pennsylvania actually sent them an official document. And it has, it has all sorts, says all sorts of stuff. Um, maybe I'll get a, a copy of the picture and I'll post it later on the Facebook page later this week, but I'll read a bit to it, of it to you now. It was signed by Senator Elder Vogel and uh, some of the others that are there in authority at the Senate of Pennsylvania. 
but it says here um, that they are celebrating throughout its glorious history. The new Brighton Free Methodist Church has been blessed with a succession of pastors whose guidance and leadership have helped it to grow and flourish, as well as members whose faithfulness and devotion to God have made it an inspiring presence in the community. The church is presently following the spiritual guidance of the Reverend Joshua Mackenstein. And it says, Now, therefore, the Senate of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania rejoices with the New Brighton Free Methodist Church as it recommits itself to the spiritual ideals and traditions which have sustained it for the 125 years, offers best wishes for continued service to God and humanity, and directs that a copy of this document, sponsored by Senator Elder Vogel, be transmitted to the New Brighton Free Methodist Church. So that's pretty cool um, that you guys had that celebration. And if you were there... Um, Definitely send send in a, uh, some pictures to us, um, Josh at BeFreeMC.org. You could uh, also send in some pictures via the Facebook page and, and let us see uh, how you celebrated that over in New Brighton. And again, congratulations on that amazing accomplishment. I guess not that any of you who are there right now at the church are the ones who are, you know, the ones who... Uh, were the ones who, who who made that happen, the 125 years. But to an extent, of course, uh, you are the present church. You are the church. And so you are the ones who are continuing it going. You are the ones who uh, were a part of this amazing celebration. And so congratulations to all of you um, who are a part of that church. Back to FMC Radio, we are recording at the FMC headquarters, the world headquarters, and we're here with Jay Cordova. I think your official title is Director of Communications, is that it? That's right. That's it. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about communications and social media, and and um, we're going to get to all of that and its impact today and, and what it has to do with the gospel. But before we do that, let's just... Um, Many people may be unfamiliar with who you are. They may have seen some things you posted or been behind, um, but they may not know uh, your story. So let's hear a little bit about um, just your history within the Free Methodist Church and what led you to uh, the place that you're at now here at the at the ministry headquarters. Hey, th- thanks so much, Josh, for for having me here. It feels feels like home to be on on the podcast space in a in a different time. I was a regular podcaster and a part of a community of uh, mixed media kind of professionals and learners and experimenters in uh, moonlighting. So in a different season of my life, I was running a a day job and kind of uh, an entrepreneurial spirit. And then by night, 
uh, teach others that we're moonlighting uh, to do what I did during the day. So Like the Spider-Man of podcasts. It was, it was a fun time, <laughs> except for about a year I slept only every other day. So um, I'd sleep Sunday night, wake up Monday morning, go to work, work until, let's say, 6, 7, go get dinner, come uh, back to my office, and then work until about 3 or 4 a.m. the next day. Uh, go to sleep for about three hours, start my day, and then that night I would sleep. So it, wow. it was about a year of like extreme, uh, extreme things like that. But but I'm glad dedicated. To, I'm glad to be <laughs> here, and I'm glad that you're doing this. Uh, a little bit of history about me: I've been a part of the Free Methodist Church since 1991. My folks grew up uh, in Mexico. I was born in Mexico. They were kind of pioneer missionaries, reverse. So I came to the U.S. As a missionary kid to the in to the Latino American uh, community in the um, mainly in the Lynn, Massachusetts, and Boston, Massachusetts, and kind of the New England area. So I kind of dug some roots into there. And because my parents were church planters and worked in, in different areas, I actually moved every year. So we moved to a different school and we started new churches and worked. Um, kind of as a ministry family until we kind of came home to the greater Chicago, West Chicago area. And and my folks planted a couple of churches in, in that area and started a Bible Institute um, in the North Chicago area, where then we moved and I did my high school years in, in Wisconsin. Kenosha, Wisconsin borders with uh, North Chicago and Zion and kind of that area along the Michigan coast. So my time there was mostly spent on um, learning to preach and interpreting for my parents or interpreting for others that were not um, English speakers. Mother language was Spanish, mostly Latin American. Yeah. And uh, eventually got a call into ministry myself. D- didn't really know what that looked like, so you just kind of go to college and try to figure that out. So yeah. a result, as a result of that... Um, my time in college was pretty impactful. Got involved in church plants and did a lot of different uh, goofy college, uh, goofy college things. Yeah. Spring Arbor University, woo! Uh, so, <laughs> little shout out. Uh, Bishop Roller's son Thad and I actually spent a lot of time together during the time I was in college. He was planting a church, and I was going over there to do some worship with him and, and oh, nice. a few other folks. And eventually it took on a church in Houston, Texas, uh, southern, south of Houston, Texas. So I've got some, some friends that are still there, uh, as, and, and they're kind of battling the storm uh, re- restoration. Yeah. So uh, when I left Texas, I, didn't, I just didn't know what to do. I was kind of in new media and mixed media in the past, and my uh, background was in communications and Bible uh, studies. So... I eventually got into startup entrepreneurship. I started a few companies, and some connections were made. I had a contract job here with the Free Methodist Church recording the first series of the Bishop's Vision Cast, if, if you remember. When, when um, was that? That would have been in 2012. Okay. Around 11 or 12, the okay. Bishop started a series called Town Halls, and mm-hmm. then he morphed into vi- video cast. Uh, live vision cast and so my company was actually hired to produce that piece with them and something mm-hmm. kind of stuck around and I got a smaller job here as a web architect and I 
um, served as a web architect for a year and a half, uh, commuting from Michigan down and then back. And after about a year and a half of that, um, uh, moved into the director of communications role here. And, and ever since then, we've made a, a lot of impact just kind of shaping the communication strategy for the global church. Yeah. But as it relates to connecting to the mission of the bishops and how they see it uh, carried out in the national uh, Free Methodist churches. Okay. So gr- in growing up when you were, when you were, you know, you had this influence in your life with the church and everything um, with your parents and um, did, were you somebody who was always um, kind of into communications, getting into um, these types of things from a, from a young age when it was when you were available, when yeah. you were able to? So I had pretty entrepreneurial folks. Um, my dad started a newspaper, a Latin newspaper, when I was in middle school. And, and because he was somewhat computer illiterate and English illiterate, uh, I, I, I designed it and figured out how to uh, <laughs> create a newspaper from kind of from scratch. So we nice. bought our first Apple computer in 96. 99, 98, 99, and I, and I didn't really know how to do a lot or type, but but we kind of figured it out, and there was um, inkjet and laser printing at that yeah. time, and we had to kind of lay it all <laughs> it was like out. like the best thing. And, yep, take it over to the printer that did the Daily Herald, and, and so that was kind of the, the beginning of me being into publications. Cool. Uh, so we kind of figured all that out, and and now uh, the magazine, Light and Life magazine that, that I am the publisher for, and I, I work in collaboration with Jeff Finley, mm-hmm. who's the managing editor. It's a 150-year publication whose really their purpose is to bring light and life into a world that is really only knows darkness and chaos. And so I'm, we're just really proud to be a part of a publication that can bring um, a message that serves as, a, as good news, really, to, to anyone who sees it. Yeah, so you had this long drive for a long time. Now, how, how long was this drive that you were doing when you were just initially working here and driving back and forth? It was about four and a half hours. Four and a half one hours. One way. Come, come up once a month for, what, you said 10 days that's or something like that? A week to 10 days, sure. So, okay, so that's a pretty long drive. So now, you know, you were kind of a part of what was going on, and you were, and you were with your job, but you weren't here every single day. So now you're here every single day. You get to see the ins and the outs. And I've been here, you know, a day and a half, uh, and I'll be here a little bit tomorrow. But, you know, get a little bit of a view. But, you know, coming in here, I get to show some people on the video and, and through the podcast a little window into what's done here at the World Ministry Center. But you get to see it every day. So tell us, <laughs> what is it really like working here with, with the bishops coming in all the time and you got work, missionaries coming in and you sure. got the – what's it like working here at headquarters? I'll, I'll tell you what. This place has evolved from the time that I began about um, five years ago, November 1, when I began – this place, I would say, has changed 180 degrees. We have mm. moved in the direction of um, moving from a place where back office stuff happened to a place mm. where resources were created and then sent out. So mm. the vision that these bishops have set, the three bishops uh, that we have in the Free Methodist Church USA, have really changed and evolved this building to be something of a resource and center, uh, resource center to send out. Uh, globally, but also into the uh, national Free Methodist churches. So coming into here is entirely different from from when I was uh, when I arrived last year. But now I still say that it's kind of like a sitcom. You have no <laughs> idea what any day 
could look like. Now we have master plans and we have schemas and we know what we want to accomplish and we have vision and goals and we have all the kinds of things that any normal back office yeah. uh, place would have. Sure. And, and sure, our mission as a church is to uh, bring, build, send, right? Uh, make disciples and love others and love God would be our, our vision and, our, and part of our mission. So the reality is that coming into this place, though, it's it's just like any normal office. You're gonna run into somebody that uh, that that owes you something, and you haven't, got, or, or that you owe something. I usually am the one late on, uh, you know, maybe an expense report or something yeah. like that. So I'm so I'm so I'm kind of going around the sides of of the building so that I don't see the the, the finance lady because she'll probably flag <laughs> me down and then I lose my lunch hour or something like that. But it's a fun, fun place. There's um, in our office. There's a ping pong table, and we have uh, a snack room that gets raided by anyone who walks by it. Nice. <laughs> um, but it's it's just it's it's fun to be in in a place where people come in to be resourced and then leave and and take those things to, to other places. So cool. I would say that it's it's probably one of the most fun places to work in. I wouldn't be anywhere that's not fun. Yeah. And <laughs> and it's also some of the most uh, sobering places to work because you understand the inter um, back office places of what it's like to be in a church uh, so if you ever worked inside of a church office this is like the headquarters of the church office and yeah. it amplifies all of the uh, oh yeah absolutely. all of those pressures yeah I think uh, at some point it might be uh, it might be worthwhile to do kind of the office style documentary here maybe <laughs> some talking heads yeah there would be some personalities <laughs> that would be there would definitely be some personalities I, w- I think I'd watch a couple episodes of that yeah <laughs> um, so we talked to Jeff Finley uh, previously about some of the stuff that's going on you know with the magazine and changes you know in as the years have gone on of course from the very beginning even even name changes um, but changes in the sense of um, in the, an increasingly digital age having to do more stuff online um, and communicating you know online and all that sort of stuff so um, you working with these types of things online communications and social media and trying to get the message out there do you see um, just just as a whole um, the online increase the continued increase in online use as a negative or a positive thing because I think there's a lot of people out there especially um, people who who sometimes don't have an understanding some older people that say you know I just wish the internet never existed and kind of see it as a negative thing what's your view being uh, a part of having to use the the online world (laughs) it's it's unbelievable Josh how much the online world has affected global communications and local communications and connectivity between one another. Um, I recently read that Mark Zuckerberg wants to create uh, the the internet available for the entire globe. So he's pouring one Mm. billion dollars per year into research, resourcing uh, these drones that are going to be low flight, low altitude drones that coat the entire globe with Wi-Fi. Imagine the world Imagine a world that that is coded with Wi-Fi, so that no one in the entire world could could be um, separated from anyone else. Is it free Wi-Fi or is it's it free paid? Wi-Fi? Okay. He wants to provide free <laughs> wow. Wi-Fi to every single person in the world, and he's uh, and he's putting he's pouring one billion dollars per year into oh this research. No, I hadn't heard that. That's that's very so. What that's I crazy. think with that is. 
I don't care about Facebook connections. Sure. I care about the global church connections. Imagine yeah. a world where at any given moment you could instantaneously be connected to a missionary across the country. Mm. Time zones are no barriers. Travel is no barrier. I, I can only see that being as a, as a positive thing. Now, sure, a lot of negativity can come from it. Yeah. But in a space and an age where um, darkness cannot be where light exists, why would we not want to bring that message as close and as and as personal as possible to people who have no access to something like that? So I, I can't find <laughs> uh, negative things that outweigh the positive things yeah, in being sure. interconnected with everyone in the world. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to think about, like, I mean, I don't even know, but but not many years ago, it was the only the only way you get on is the dial up America online, and then <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, right, and you hear someone's voice like, "I'm on the phone," <laughs> you get a hang oh, up, yeah. disconnect. Then then it it was fun because you you know your friends are on AOL Instant Messenger and things, but that was really the only good part about it. A year know. ago, I, um, ten, sorry, ten years ago this month, the iPhone came out. Wow, it's hard to believe it's been that long, actually. It's hard to believe that it's been that long. And I was standing in line in uh, uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, waiting for <laughs> iPhone Wait. 1. I paid $1,000 $1, it, and it was 2 gigs. There wasn't even an app store. The internet didn't work on it, even though it had a browser. It didn't, Almost no websites worked, and it flashed was ruling Micromedia Flash was ruling the internet world <laughs> and it didn't work on my phone but I knew that it was coming and I and I just couldn't wait um, so I paid $1000 at the time I was selling Cutco knives I was in college and I had to sell four Cutco kits that were um, $3500 a piece to make my commission to get to that and pay my rent and pay my school books and do all that kind of thing so, so the way I justified it was if I can close more deals uh, making the sales on my phone instantaneous, I didn't, it meant I didn't have to take a check from somebody. Yeah. And they wouldn't, you know, call their bank and cancel this mistake. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that was... It was it was an it was an unbelievable it, moment. Was that that wasn't even a third party? That was actually from Apple. It was one thousand dollars in the first day. It was in the Apple Store. And it was only through AT and T. Wow. And it was nine hundred and eighty something dollars. That is crazy. So it was all said and done. Wow. It was about a thousand dollars because you got to get a uh, extra yep. charging cable or you got to do something like that. Wow. And it was. Did you love it even heavy. though there was barely nothing to it? Now looking back on it, was it was it great at the time? It was fantastic. It was everything <laughs> I ever wanted. If you ever, <laughs> I would walk into the room and pull it out, and everyone would just like ooh and ga over it because you had an Apple phone and yeah. nobody knew what it was, and it was just the mo- three way calling mobily like <laughs> that just oh, happened. Yeah, it was the first time it happened. Yeah. Now everybody has one. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. You know, oh, I know. Oh, I have the it's, iPhone 7. It's, cr- it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So so you've been pretty much from the beginning, uh, literally iPhone beginning, but you've been pretty connected to in, in many different ways. So you've seen how these things can, um, not only just personally, but obviously now through the denomination, you're able to see, as you were saying, you're able to see these um, effects of being connected and being able to have this information. Um, and actually, even just, just I, I forget who it was, was saying the other day, maybe it was here, I don't remember, but I was I was listening to somebody speak, and they were talking about how even pastors, um, before you only, 
for sermons and things, you only had that limited amount of information. You had, you know, the commentaries that you owned, and that was it. Sure. Um, which is which is great, but it now you can really get into a lot of information, really much, pretty much anything, just by going online and, and get it up there, and and really have access to a lot more uh, stuff to share with people than than you ever could at any time. So. We were talking a little bit before we started recording, and you were talking, I want you to share with, with everybody about what you were talking about, about, you know, obviously we don't think of normally the technology um, being in Jesus' day. We don't we don't think of technology. We, we think of the things like the internet or the iPhone or these types of things. But you're talking a little bit about how he used kind of the modern things of his day to maybe get his message across or talk a little bit more about that. The wonderful thing about Jesus is that he pioneered in ways that we had no idea possible to communicate with God. That that that's that that was earth shattering and mind blowing to the people in that in that day and age and time. Yeah. So the ways that Jesus transformed technology and the ways that he taught others to transform technology really now put us into effect and ramp us into w- ways that we can use it ourselves to understand that there really should be no barrier between what our message is, which is really the message of Jesus and the whole healing of the world and how we approach uh, new ways of communicating that with others. So let's just take, for example, the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. It was unprecedented for somebody to send a message in a written letter, but he knew he could only be so effective in person, and he knew he only had so much time, and he knew that there were ways that you could communicate to masses through mm-hmm. these ways, and it was just uncommon to communicate to an entire church or a tribe or a community in that way. And so he used technology, not having to use his own two feet while he kept teaching and discipling and praying and connecting with other communities and sending word to what he was doing in his place, in the place where he's dwelling, in the place where he's serving and encouraging to the other communities that are exponentially growing. Mm -hmm. So if you think about technology and the ways that the Apostle Paul used and then wrap it back into the ways that Jesus used technology, the man invented in a, as a part of a community, he invented the world and everything that was in his, in, around it. So in the moment uh, where, where God said to himself, to one another, let us create something. And he yeah. made something out of nothing and order out of chaos and light out of darkness and separated and made all those good things. He had to have known that at some moment he's going to be able to use these elements for the greater message of healing to the world that was going to end up happening. And so then you fast forward into the moment where Jesus is with his disciples and he's resting and he's probably going to to arrive to a destination that he needs to be prepared for. And there's a storm and chaos is happening around them. And, and it's something that the disciples thought they understood and they thought they knew how to navigate the seas, but they, they couldn't in this case. Jesus instantaneously created a way to communicate to the elements and have authority over the elements and make teaching out of that. Yeah, like, think about yeah. the earth-shattering, the mind-blowing idea of Jesus using elements that we didn't think we could control. Yeah to teach about his love and his grace and his fullness and his safety and his Mm. being. Yeah. If that's not one of the single greatest uses of technology (laughs) ever before, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. 
Another story that comes to mind is when Jesus was approached by someone who had a family member that was ill. And Jesus says, what does he say? He says, go home, and by the time you get there, they'll be well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> no time continuum, no m- megaphone, no other form of authority other than the technology that are being connected to God can accomplish anything. Right. Yeah, it's just... It's this, like, like just these different examples, talking about Paul, talking about just, just the world itself. And when going back to kind of what we talked about earlier, that negative and positive, and we think about any of these things that, you know, God created, even just the basic, you know, God invented, created all this stuff that had never been created before. Any of that stuff can be used for negative. Um, and what sometimes people do is, is um, when it comes to technology, when it comes to modern technology, they like to say, well, you know, just get rid of it. You know, I'm going to delete my Facebook. I'm going to um, stay away from that entirely, away from, you know, that entire world. And it's, it's you know, just like anything else is, um, you know, it's kind of that old phrase of don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But it's, it's, it's that idea that, you know, there are, are ways to use these things, as you just said, with Jesus using these elements, um, even ones that, that you know, we didn't think could be controlled, but Jesus using these elements and these different things to further the message and using them in a positive way, using them in a good way to um, further the message of the gospel. So yeah, that's definitely um, something that we, we need to be considering. And again, I mean, everybody out there, you know, that just the statistics say that most people who are listening to this, if not pretty much all of them, probably have some sort of social media account. So the question is like, how are you going to use it? Not just to say, hey, I went to the store today, you know, you know, bought this shirt or something and post a picture, you know, that's or negativity. But how are you going to use it to kind of boost and 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 spread the message of the gospel um, and be creative with some of those things, I think, is the thing. It's, it's that creativity of thinking up, how can I use this thing that's here for that advancement? Sure, sure. So I, I think that in the same way, there, there's the opposite. There's, of course, as we said, some of the negative stuff, and we'll have to, I'll see what you think about this, but I, I cannot stand the, the posts that I'm seeing all the time um, that are on Facebook and stuff that, that say, you know, share this, type amen and share this, and God's going to give you a blessing or something. <laughs> share with your friends. Sure. What, are you, what, are you, what are your thoughts on those types of things? You know, it's it's funny because I I'm actually not on social media all that much. It looks like I'm on there all the time because I set up feeds through Buffer and through other apps, and, and so it kind of yeah. pushes into Twitter and into uh, okay. uh, Facebook, and it kind of looks like I'm on I'm online all the time. But I'm I'm almost so little ne- um, connected on there really mm. uh, that 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 it's kind of scary sometimes that the kind of things that people end up knowing about me because of the <laughs> way that hey I remember you said something like this and I'm like oh man that must mean you're watching or listening or, or yeah. whatever so yeah. um, I I just I stay away from a lot of the I kind of have a screening mechanism that I just sure. if I get some negativity out of some of that stuff I end up just uh, filtering it out. The, the yeah, way I actually like to use uh, social media myself is a way for uh, me to aggregate some of the knowledge and that I, that I've acquired, mm-hmm. uh, or or posts that I've found, or different things like that. So if you follow my Twitter feed, uh, you and maybe another ten thousand people get get a bunch of just random junk 
sometimes I think it's uh, special, like leadership development kind of stuff or communication strategy kinds of things. Sometimes I just put in dumb, like, dad jokes and they get a lot of shares in between there. Um, But, you know, I just try to surround myself with the people that would be uh, uh, um, life-giving and resource-filling for me. So regardless of whether uh, their message is specifically growing the church or growing yourself or being a part of uh, another community. So those are just kind of the ways I, I, I connect in that way. Yeah, I think that's great. Is it's again that what are you gonna put out there? Is it gonna be something that's going to encourage someone? Is it gonna be life giving? And I think for me, like I, it's not that I was ever posted anything negative, but I think I have used in the past just kind of uh, to have a debate or to you know yeah. have those types of things. And and there's a time and place for those kinds of conversations, maybe amongst friends, but. It doesn't ever, we never heard of any story from anybody on social media who's ever been like, oh, my life was changed because I had this debate with somebody and they changed my mind online. So I I think one thing (laughs) that I've applied to my life is uh, this quote from none other than Dwight Schrute from The Office where he said, um, whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. (laughs) And that's what I apply to online. It's like, okay, this is is really stupid. I'm not going to post this. Just post things that build people up. (laughs) <laughs> and those types of things, um, and that's a much better use of your time and energy. And uh, you know, you're not going to have to deal with annoying people responding because they're just not going to be really anything to, to disagree with. Oh yeah. So you don't. So so okay. So you don't use as much because you're posting from from like the buffer sites, the social media. So what do you see? What kind of outlets online do you see as being the most effective to spread the gospel? In, as far as you you think? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So I'm I'm a part of a several media groups that do different things but one of the most coolest things that i've been a part of doing is something that was called the faith web uh, uh, the faithweb.org so if you okay. go on the faithweb.org i designed this website with a um, student of dr leonard sweet from george fox seminary he came to me and he said jay I, I'm, I'm trying to develop an online portal that would be something like spiritual tech support for somebody who is in need is there mm. something like that? And I said, I don't think I know anything like that. So it sort of explained to me the, 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 the end purpose. And he says, well, I want to create a space that would be safe for any kind of uh, issue that we have going on spiritually and would have a community around it where they can dialogue or they find encouragement or different things like that. So I created this portal called thefaithweb.org, and it connects you into different uh, groups. Some of them are on prayer, some of them are on growing faith, some of them are conversational-led, some of them are uh, just popular groups that are uh, more topical, like mm, Lent readings or grief and loss and different things like that. So if, if you go to that website and you find conversations that are happening, some of them are open and some of them are closed, but essentially what it is is, is really spirit, is tech support for your spirituality. So mm-hmm. let's just say on the issue of pornography. If you are struggling with pornography and, and you connected with a group on here, um, you can do one of two things on your phone or on your computer device. You can go and seek help in there, or you can go and do this activity that you're trying to drive your, your way against. So yeah. what we want to do is bring equal opportunity for something negative and something positive to happen. But when yeah. there's something positive that happens among a community, then then you're more drawn to seek support from them or find ways to be connected with them. So that's one of the ways that I've found sure. that, 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 that's just really innovative and different. I created this... Uh, 
six years ago, seven years ago. Okay. Um, and and it's still up and going. They have a pretty active uh, Facebook page where they where they work off of uh, quote, quotes and comments and, and different things like that. The other thing that I have seen that was one of the coolest and most innovative ways of using Twitter in church was when I was at West Winds Community Church. So I was an intern there in mm-hmm. my undergrad, and Twitter had just kind of sprung up, and it was we didn't know what to do with it, right? Because people were still T9 texting. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. early times of, of getting an iPhone, I think I got my first iPhone in the crossover during that time. And the experienced pastor um, came to me, and, and, and I was kind of his... Uh, lackey for lack of better terms i was in college and we were just experimenting with new media i was live streaming in 2010 on security cameras and and dial up internet nice <laughs> because that was all that it took it's probably so a little choppy the pioneers yeah it was choppy and we could only do like change the cameras with these like buttons yeah and it was really crusty but it worked nice. it got the message out to the to the global public and and they and it, and it did it in a way that nobody else was doing it. So we got some national attention from Time Magazine, and they came out because we were um, live streaming on security cameras, and nobody knew what live streaming was at the time Yeah, because that was goofy. Why would you watch TV on the on your computer? Yeah. <laughs> Much less, why would you watch a church service on your computer? Right. Um, and then on top of that, we set up the stage in a round, and inside of that round, all the chairs were... Uh, kind of in a circle with a hollow center. The hollow center was the stage and all the musicians were there. And directly above it were six screens. And on the six screens, I wrote a JavaScript uh, kind of a push auto-refresher. And when hashtags were first invented, mm-hmm. we just hashtag certain questions and then people would answer them as the service was going from the people that were inside of the church or watching from outside around ah, the globe. Okay. And so... Imagine an ADD's nightmare, right? <laughs> there is this Twitter feed popping up with all of these comments and all these hashtags and all the stuff, interactive thoughts, prayers, feelings, debates. Wow. Uh, some un, some not clean stuff on there. In the <laughs> middle of church, it's all happening. And you're like, what is, what is happening? This world has now changed for me yeah. because communication can come in, be brought in from anywhere else. Right. And, and... and and it was one of the coolest things that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Who puts six screens about uh, 12 feet across by like, I don't know, eight feet wide or something like yeah. that. Um, and ran Twitter across it unfiltered. Wow. <laughs> Completely unfiltered. Is that is that church still there today? That church is still there today. Are they today. still doing the Twitter feed? They sometimes do the Twitter <laughs> feed. They're one of the most innovative cool. churches that I know. And actually, wow. the lead pastor of that church is our Fremo editor, David McDonald. He uses oh, okay, technology okay. and innovation all over the globe and teaches people how to use new media in their churches. And he's one of the um, authors of several of the Fremo journals, but also coaches you to write and to think creatively and just think outside of the box with the things that you're trying to accomplish. Uh, So I'd encourage you to pick up one of those Fremo journals or connect with us so that you can learn some of the ways that we use technology across the U.S. and across the globe uh, in our communication strategies. Yeah, definitely. And I'll um, put a link in the show notes to some of these things to the Faith Web and also um, a link to so you can you can order a Fremo journal if you want to. And we've talked about that a few times, but um, you can use those for small groups, your own personal devotionals and 
Um, there are all sorts of different topics. I believe there's four that come out every year. Is that right? That's right. They so, come out quarterly. So um, you could sign up at any time and uh, start receiving them. But it's it's a great resource, and they're really cheap, too. It's five, $5 for, for each one, right? And That's right. I have a few of them. I have three of them back at the hotel right now that, I mean, they're they're not small books either. They're, they're pretty big. Um, what that's for about 13 weeks each is what they're I think supposed to be for 13 weeks. Yeah, they're 13 weeks. They come out four times a year. We've just published our I think 11th one. Is this something that's going on for the foreseeable future? Is it f- until a certain point or? No, no, for the foreseeable future. These right. really came out of our general conference 2015 yeah. um, commitment to resource the church in ways that they possibly haven't been resourced before and kind mm-hmm. of revamp some new uh, initiatives that come out of maybe curriculum-like uh, materials. So several years ago, I would say about 15 years ago, we closed the Christian Education Department of the Free Methodist Church and started um, allocating some of the resources specifically just like some partner organizations like the Wesleyan Publishing House and some of the Nazarene Publishing Houses. And now as a resurgence of some of the things that we've learned and seen and things that we've uh, identified that we need to be putting effort and, and um, focused energies into, these are one of those small group and kind of discussion guide books that are uh, really focused for development of certain areas like developing leaders, embracing all, and finding ways that we can connect globally. So yeah. all of those are, are really there um, just to emphasize church health and, and professional health and personal health and yeah. all of those ways that Jesus actually calls us to be um, connected with him. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm excited to start looking through some of the ones that I just got, but um, thank you for everything that you do and, uh, and are continuing to do. Is there anything that, uh, I always ask this at the end, just in case I'm missing something really good, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think would be good to talk about that you would like to bring up? Oh, I'm just proud to be a, a part of this tribe. It's, yeah. it's an exciting and fast-moving denomination and, and a lot of people think denominations are dying and moving away from kind of central offices and, and that's that is a little true some denominations are dying and some denominations are moving away from having central offices that are providing yeah. resources but as it relates to the free Methodist Church we've statistically grown every year for the past five years and are continuously growing not only in membership but in attendance in the US and globally globally we're exponentially growing and we're actually now sending people um, from countries that are been sent missionaries and so they have then created grandfather churches and 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 then sending pioneer missionaries to new places and, and as you heard uh, the bishop speaking today at uh, the starting strong event it it is just a beautiful thing to see one church sending another missionary to another part of the globe and then come back to us and do a kind of a full circle which is what which is really what the gospel is about yeah yeah definitely well that's awesome and uh, and uh again thanks for everything that you do with all the different ways that, that you guys do it it's great to be here and finally come to indianapolis and see it for myself and as i said uh when i was meeting with jay if anybody out there has the chance to come down and and you know take a tour or especially once they finish the uh museum it looks like it's gonna be pretty cool the historical center check that out but if you're coming through indianapolis come by and see what's going on but thanks again for coming on with us hey thanks Josh. It's been a pleasure.